पात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Oh, that's way better. I don't know why it is, but it seems like every time I, I, I close on SEO and then open it back up again, the recording level is set to practically zero. Hmm. Uh, and I'll see, if, you know, I'll, I'll look at the or sound level. It's been what the hell? <laughs> Mom, don't read the Latin word. We're still trying to figure out how sound works. <laughs> it's hard. It's been only a, a year and a half. We should, or something like that. We should get the hang of this eventually. It is crazy how long we've been doing this. And I'm sorry, uh, my voice is shot. Yeah, I'm hoping and we make it through the episode. I, well, I will. I just might be like more, more like a squeaky hinge towards the end of it. <laughs> I've been, I can see if there's like a de-squeaking filter for audacity. <laughs> um, no, it's crazy. I'm still suffering from the lung. I, I gossip the consumption. You, you do. Uh, yeah. that, that the problem that I've been having since December. And uh, they got me on a new treatment, which involves a steroid inhaler, which seems to be helping, but uh, my throat has gotten bad. And I start out in the morning just fine, and by the end of the day, I'm, I'm a bit husky. Yep, well, um, using that sort of Lauren Bacall quality. I know. So, yeah. Maybe, hopefully it works for It's my health podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on top of that, I've got um, traditional medicinals has a uh, throw coat tea that's that's pretty helpful in instances like this. And then I have dumped... The, the traditional sh- cinnamon whiskey. Yes, I've dumped <laughs> a whole bunch of whiskey and a whole bunch of honey in there. What could go wrong? I, I don't know if you've seen that, that meme image going around. I was like, this smells like fireball. Yeah, I think not alcohol. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello, I am Jennifer Luckley. And I'm uh, Michael Montour. I, I, am, I have a, um, a website which I have not updated in forever called jungleloves.com. Oh man, don't even talk to me about website update. I hate looking at my old, my, my current Aww. website design. So, you know, which can be found at? Which can be found at www.bloodletters.com. At least I, I, I still love the domain name that I got back in 98 or 99, something like that. You know, back when you could still find words that were out of the dictionary. Well, working for a domain registrar, there are a ton of new TLDs out That's there. That's true, there are. Where you can get, like, dot .social or dot .rocks or dot yeah. or uh, Google's new um, primary, like, company site is, is a new one that we're offering called, and it's .xyz, so they bought abc.xyz. Oh, right, because their, so their new company name is, is, is Alphabet. Something, if yeah. I remember correctly, yeah. for their, their, their parent company. That's a little strange to me. I'm used to the company like, spinning off into smaller companies, <laughs> not, not suddenly saying, we've created a new company that's over our existing company. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. We they, are now a ginormous conglomerate. <laughs> they, they seem to know what they're doing, I yeah. think, so... Yeah, that's a little more like. Hopefully your yeah. listeners can see better now. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry, so, that's kind of a joke. This doesn't get old to me, as you can tell. <laughs> um, so in completely not horror-related news, mm. as the 
former Minnesotan that I am, I have to talk about <sighs> Prince died today, yeah. which fucking broke my heart. And 2016 is fired. Oh my god. And the thing that makes me so amazingly sad about this is he and Bowie, and I've seen a couple of wonderful articles that touch on this, they had their own definitions of masculinity Yeah. that were amazing. And, and just on... They made their own brand, and they made their own definitions of what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. I mean, Bowie basically sold stock in Bowie. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Prince bought until he basically owned his own catalog, which artists don't get to do anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and everybody, you know, kind of, you know, looked down their nose at him a bit when he became the symbol, but... He, he had was making a point. He made, yeah. and he made a really valid point that got him his catalog, which yeah. very few artists can claim that. I it, mean, as the saying goes, you can't argue with the results. Exactly. So, so yeah, I was just oh, just. I, and the thing is, at least when I found out about Bowie, it was at night, so I could have my good, oh, yeah. ugly cry at home, yeah. and then go to work. Like finding out about this at work, and I was at work when I found out about me one too. Um. Speaking of just heroes that you lose, that yeah. you have to like, you know, cry that really, cry really I, briefly in the bathroom before you go back and do your job. Oh, that, that, that was the thing that, that I really wanted to thank Facebook for the other day. It's like, here's your memories from five years ago. This is when Elizabeth Slayton, who played Sarah Jane Smith on Doctor Who, died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Cool. That's been five years. Thanks, All Facebook. Right. Yeah. This is probably going to sound terrible, but I think I'd be more upset about. Prince, if I were more over Bowie, mm -hmm. it, it's too soon for me to really process another loss like that. It's hard because I've loved them both as long, and there is just something about being Minnesotan. And it's funny because I was talking to to a coworker today that Minnesotans are so the epitome of Midwest, and they are so white bread, and they're so. <laughs> You know, I, I was laughing that when you show, you know, especially like an older Minnesotan, when you show them something that they find just odd, it's always that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was consistently told how the things I liked were very, very interesting. interesting. And that haircut you got, Jen, is very interesting. <laughs> and that tattoo you got, very interesting. And it's funny because they're so normal, but... I have never seen a Minnesotan that isn't, fuck yeah, Prince's Otters. Yeah. Like, he's a complete fucking wackadoodle, but and he's our, he's fucking, our fucking little funny-ass little man. <laughs> like, he he's ours. That one's ours. And I'm so glad that I, I got to see him perform. I, I wish I ever had. I, well, I've got a big caveat to that, that at the end of the show, um... He says, I'm going to continue the show out at Paisley Park. And he gestures to the audience at the uh, Target, I think it's called the Target Theater or something, the Target Center, gestures expansively to us all and says, you're all welcome to join me. And it was like 1130 at that point, and I had to go to work the next day. Yeah. And you know me. Yeah. I am so fucking responsible. And, and also, I said, I'm amazed to hear you made it to 1130. I was younger then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this was back still in Minnesota, so I was probably like 25 or 26. 
And uh, this is when I was still kind of a, a night owl. I did not have to start working really early morning hours until I moved out here. And I said, I have to be to work in the morning. I can't go. And so not only did I not go, but the friends I went with didn't oh, go geez. either. And they had a write-up in the paper that the, the, the concert that he did out at Paisley Park outstripped, like, performance-wise, everything that you saw at the concert. Because, I mean, there were so few people by that point in the night. Because all of the young kids had already sure. gone home. Yeah. And it was just all of us old people who, um, <laughs> I can't remember the... Uh, slide, basically, I can't remember the name that they were going under, but it was the remaining members of Sly and the Family Stone that were his opening band. Oh, so wow. they were okay. playing all the old songs. Sure. And so this was probably like 99, 98 yeah. that I went. And, uh, God, it was just, you know, there wasn't that many people. I mean, I'm sure it was a huge turnout that all went to Paisley Park, but okay, I, I still just If it myself. was in 1999, did he play... I'm sure he did. Right. You know, I think it was, you know, it was probably 98 because, well, I don't remember. Because yeah. uh, he, he would kind of have to. He kind of have to, yeah. Contractually yeah. obligated. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that, that's still um, probably my happiest memory from the, the, the Bauhaus reunion tour. Yeah. Is um, the, one of their, my favorite songs of theirs is their cover of Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust, exactly. And I went into the concert thinking, okay, it's a cover. They're probably not going to play it. And I still was not really, you know, a very experienced concert goer at this point, so I still had not internalized the idea of encores yet. No. And so we got to what I thought was, you know, the end of the concert. Really? And I'm like, oh. I'm like okay, they, they didn't play it, but I didn't really figure they and then they that's fine. Out. And then they came back out, and that was their encore. And you're like, Ziggy ah! Stardust. Yeah. Yeah, completely <laughs> lost my mind. It was fantastic. So, what have you seen recently? Well, the only things I've seen recently all relate to our theme. Okay, well, I have a couple of things that I have seen that didn't relate to our theme. Um, but not as much as I would have imagined. Um, I saw The Forest. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, not good, huh? It's, it's interesting, and it's... <laughs> 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 yes, I am a Minnesotan. <laughs> Your movie's very interesting. interesting. It was it was pretty, and it was a carbon copy of all of those early two thousands U.S. remakes of the Asian right. films, and it was a carbon copy of our attempt at all of those Asian films. And so, a copy of a copy. Yeah, and it was it was interesting, and and uh, the backstory on the Suicide Forest, which. There's a really good Vice episode that I found on YouTube. Yeah, I saw it too. I even um, linked to it once. Yeah, because I mean, I talked about it when blog. I first saw it, and um, it's just a sad place, and yeah. and only Japan of you know, which has, if I'm not mistaken, a fairly high suicide rate because their life is there's a lot of stress, and it's a tiny crowded island. It's a tiny crowded yeah. island. And, and the societal pressures, I think, are amazingly high, the class pressures. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I mean, there's basically a forest where people go to kill themselves. And uh, there's this, this man who basically walks the paths, and he knows the signs to look for. Um, and it's just, just beautiful, you know, it's, it's a, a short, you know, because it's not like a full documentary. Right. So this is, you know... <laughs> Jen's return to Jen's documentary yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but it's it, I found it on YouTube. I don't know where else you would find the Vice yeah. episodes. But if you search Suicide Forest and Vice, um, you'll find this. And it's it's just a beautiful touching. And, and the fact that he puts this work into basically laying them to rest. Yeah. And so their families know what happened to them. And it's it's just a sad, sad place. Does that still seem like it's kind of quiet? That's not too bad. Uh, um, okay. I mean, it's okay. So it's it's got a little bit of a twist. Um, and Natalie Dormer is adorable. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've always thought so. So it's it's well done. It's it's not groundbreaking, and if you miss seeing those movies come out, it's a nice revisit. Right. To okay. to a couple of years where we were doing that sort of thing. But you're, you're not really going to recommend that I should go out and see it? Well, I bought it, so we, oh, okay. we can watch it at some point, okay. and then you don't have to spend any money. <laughs> I rewatched Sacrament. Oh, yeah? How, how did you like it? Is this, was this only your second time? I think it's my third. Okay. And um, I, I rewatched it because I actually found a I believe in Eden Parish yes t-shirt. t-shirt and it's kind of big but I, I don't fucking care so there was a promotional t-shirt that was done for the sacrament um, and it's just fucking dark <laughs> it just says I believe in Eden Parish which is the the cult that um, <laughs> that, that they all go and. and it, you know, it's a take on the Jonestown, so I'm just going to let you fill in yeah. um, how I, this ends. I have, I have not rewatched it, and I think it would be a hard rewatch. It you know, bears no, well, 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 I mean, yeah. just in terms of knowing what's going to happen to... Well, you think about it. I watched it by myself, and then I showed it to everybody, yeah. and then I watched it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last Friday, I showed Dark Was the Night. Yes. And... I still love it. That was really, really I still good. love it, and I'm a little more forgiving of the ending. Are you? Um, good. I am. And, uh, um, because I'd, I'd held it up as there's some movies that are made in the last five minutes of the movie, and then there's some movies that that final shot uh, can hurt, hurt your idea of the entire film. Um, and I'm still disappointed by the final shot of the film, but... Yeah. Uh, not enough to color how much I think, how amazing I think the movie is. It's Kevin Durant, uh, who's an amazing character actor. Um, But everything seems really believable. It's very tense. Uh, The creatures in it are hinted at in that perfect way of not ruining them. Yes. Um, And then when they do show them at the end, I wasn't disappointed They're actually, yeah, exactly. I I was afraid throughout the movie that, we're oh, they're not showing them because they're terrible. We're going to have the late, the late phases effect, yeah. where I fucking love late phases. I, I do, too. But yeah. it's but. like the fuzzy puppet version of werewolves. Yeah. And it's like, oh kudos, my God, there are kudos, kudos to them for doing practical effects. Oh, my God, Ron, there are furries outside. <laughs> it was like Pomeranian furries. Yeah, Giant, full-size Pomeranian furries. No, but, the, but these monsters, these monsters are, are amazing. And, but oh. the, the hinting to the monsters... When you see little bits of them in reflection, yeah. um, are just amazing. You're talking about uh, it feeling very realistic. I remember making this comment at the time. It, it felt like that they were pulling off a monster movie with so much confidence. It was like they had thought of it. Yeah, uh, that no one yeah. had made, ever made a monster movie before, yeah. and they're like, "This is what that would be like." Had you seen it before I showed it? I'd never even heard of it before you said you were going to show it. A handsome boyfriend Jim is a hundred percent responsible for me. 
giving that movie a shot. Yeah. And I he think... He has good taste in monster movies, and that's somewhat... That's kind of a blind spot in both of our tastes and experience. Yeah, but he will also uh, watch some really terrible ones, but he straight up will say, you know, I love this, but it was terrible. Right. And, and he does have an unerring talent for finding <laughs> the really charming, amazing ones. I, I, I was just laughing because I was remembering that, that I had seen the trailer for, you know, the new uh, Godzilla movie from Japan. Yeah. And, and I, I watched the trailer, and I, I thought it looked pretty good. Oh, he's such a purist. And, and, and I, I, that well, happened I conversation, I was like, that? oh, I, I, say that. I was like, oh have, you, have you seen the trailer? And he said to me, oh, oh. it's shit. <laughs> he's so bad. He's like, okay, so this is a man who, I think, I'm fairly certain he owns every Godzilla movie. I mean, and there yeah. are a lot of them. There and are? He owns them all. He owns all the Gamera. He he just he loves them. Like when he's had a that was your favorite when you were a kid. I right? love Gamera, yeah. and and when I helped him get a bunch of things out of his storage unit yes. for Halloween, he all of a sudden held up this kind of rather large plastic Gamera, and and he said it can come stay. With. It's in my <laughs> bedroom. Gamera is. I in don't my want to bedroom. know why. I, I'm just making that clear. We are right not now. having. <laughs> What is that comic? Oh, the, 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 yeah, uh, Xenophile. We are not yeah. having a Xenophile moment. <laughs> Though I still think that is the most charming cover to a porn comic I've ever seen. The, the entire series is that charming. Oh, I God, swear to God. It's so good. Uh, the other thing I did see was uh, Hush, which was yeah, straight to Netflix, BOD. Um, and not to give you the impression that... Um, that it was a bad movie. This movie was specifically uh, Netflix optioned to have this movie premiere with them. Um, right. BOD is changing. Yeah. And used so, to be if something was direct video, you'd be yeah, like, oh, it must be crap. No, yeah. there's, I mean, things are basically doing limited theatrical releases and then video did releases that same day. Uh, Jim and I were having a conversation. Um, there is a, there is a big discussion going on right now in major studios of having, just throwing a number out there, having a $50 VOD for major movies that are oh, coming yeah. out yeah, um, to be able to see it while it's in the theater. Right. Because, you, and the thing is, people will balk at it. Room, I think, was Yeah. Something. So, the, the thing is, though, is if you are a parent, oh, you, are, yeah. you are going to spend far more than $50 right. because... True. True. I, you know, and I was talking about it with Jim, who, you know, isn't a parent, and so, I mean, there were times where I've had to skip my work's holiday party because I could not afford the $80 it would have cost me to have childcare for, like, a five-hour, four-hour event. Yeah. Because, you know, for a decent, you know, babysitter, you're going to be paying at least $15 an hour. Sure. And... You know, and then parking in downtown, like, I couldn't afford $100 to go to a work event. Yeah. You know, because I was yeah. a new parent. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, and people are going to be like, oh, my God. But honestly, I mean, there's people there who want to see the movie before they're spoiled with it. Oh, yeah. I knew parents who didn't get to see Star Wars till it had been out for two months because they just couldn't make it work. Yeah. Between babysitting and everything, and so they were, you know, got spoiled like, for the movie. That was definitely my, my huge priority was to see that as soon as I could when yeah. it came out so that I wouldn't find out any spoilers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't manage to completely avoid spoilers, mm-hmm. but I, I, I managed to avoid most of them. Yeah. So, so uh, just really briefly returning, Hush, Hush yeah. 
uh, is the director. I, so uh, it, it was. Uh, oh, it's the, yeah, Absentia, Bat, right. yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, Flanagan. Yeah. And he did Absentia, and he did Oculus, mm -hmm. and uh, it definitely has some sides to those movies. Um, his uh, is your narrator reliable? Sure. How linear is the storyline? Um, and it's cool. it's really good. Um, had it not been. Uh, Another movie from Flanagan, I don't know, because it's kind of House Invasion. It is. Um, have you seen it yet? No. Okay. But I, I, I know really recommend it. it. And, and I know that the, the person whose house is getting invaded is blind. Uh, deaf. Deaf. Deaf? Deaf. Okay. She's deaf. Then I have that completely wrong. And it's, but it's very, it, and I haven't seen, you know, I've seen the home invasion where somebody's blind. I mean, yeah. you have the Audrey Hepburn. Oh, sure, okay. Um, movie which I'm... Don't be afraid of the dark. Don't. 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 If you're going to go into <laughs> If you're thinking of going into this house, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Best fake trailer ever. Wait until dark. Okay. There's a, a, a thief. There's something in her house, and she's blind, and, and so she gets... You know, he's broken in and, and uh, trying to find this thing, and her trying to defend herself, right. and it's very interestingly done. It's uh, it's you know, but it's older. Some, if I remember right, some really creepy sequences in, in, in Jennifer Eight of somebody who, who's broken into mm -hmm. the house of someone who's blind is taking pictures of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they they have that their flash like specially rigged so that it doesn't make it sound because back in those days yeah, you know, they did right. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, so it's insanely creepy because the house is completely dark because she doesn't have the lights on because why yeah. would she? So, you know, you're seeing the, the, this, this dark bathroom that she's taking a bath in that just keeps getting lit by these flashes from this guy's camera, and she has no idea he's there. And so that image always stayed with me, and, and that's what I thought was going on in Hush, but I guess with the title Hush, her being deaf makes way more sense. Um, and so Hush is really, really good. I do really recommend it. Um, the woman who's in it, I believe, is the co-writer with uh, Flanagan. I believe she was the co-writer in his other stuff, too. It's it's fantastic. I've, I've seen a lot of blogs saying that. Yeah, it's so. good. I, I completely recommend it. It's and it's a new take and, and stuff that you wouldn't think of being a problem simply because she's deaf, um, and workarounds that you wouldn't have thought right. of. I mean, it's just it's it's eye opening. Um, and I've actually started learning sign a couple of years ago, yeah. but it was right after I'd gotten hit by a car. So it's like I was working full time and then I was trying to take sign at night. Oh, and okay. I just couldn't sit for that long because I, I, I had a lot of back problems and I was still doing a lot of physical therapy. I got hit by a car like 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was in physical therapy for a good six months after it. And I'd already signed up and paid for it. So oh, I really I tried okay. to make it work. I was like, how did you come to the decision to take this class? I've always thought okay, dove culture was really interesting. Oh, yeah, and, it and it is its own culture. There's a huge amount in the deaf community that don't see it as a disability. It, they see it as a culture of, you know, are you a deaf child of deaf parents? Yeah. Um, do not, you know, don't get the, the devices. Cochlear implants. Implants. Yeah. Um, because you don't need to be fixed, and there's a, there's a huge yeah. fight in the in the community of whether or not you're erasing part of their identity by helping improve their hearing or by giving someone hearing that doesn't have hearing. It's just a very interesting culture, and I've actually read a couple yeah. books on it too. Um, anyway, and and lastly, outside of stuff that I saw for our podcast episode, which I, I don't think we've said yet. Of course we have. But we I know we don't. It'll say in the 
the, the thing that talks yeah. about it. Um, I, I am also <laughs> midway through the new season of Daredevil, which is amazing. Oh, man, I haven't even started it yet. Ah, uh, so good. And, well, the thing is, it's hard is with having Tekla and, and Jim and I are trying to watch it together. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, we only have an hour after Tekla goes to sleep, and I don't want to watch just one. And Yeah. Oh, and it's so good. And That's the thing, is, like, is I want some period of period when I know that I'm going to have that long of an uninterrupted stretch of time. What, yeah, exactly. So, oh my god. Alvin Henson was here for Emerald City Comic Con, and I have had a crush on him. I don't know who that is. He's the one who plays Foggy. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he was, I'm, again, from Minnesota, so I've seen the Mighty Ducks, and he's also one of the <laughs> hockey players in that. And I've just always thought he was adorable, and he was in... Um, Oh, that fucking charm school and dancing movie that I love that I always forget the name of. Have you seen the pictures of him wearing a suit with his hair up and this really complicated braid? braid? And he plays with gender and it's fucking adorable yeah. and I love him even more for it. Yeah, I think um, that would be the case. Oh, yes. And, and, but he was, and it was just, I was too busy and I, you know, I've had instances where I've met people now that. Um, I held in really high regard, and I was not, I, I was having a rough time at Emerald City Comic Con, because we had my daughter there, and it was just busy. It was like, busy. Yeah, and it was my first experience of going to that convention that that is that large. Oh, right. And right. the thing that kills me is he didn't have a line at all, and so anybody who didn't have a line just wanted people to come up and sure. talk to them, and I just couldn't bear the thought of of it not going well, so I just didn't do it at all. Yeah. And now I'm just kicking myself. So this, I don't care if I get starstruck or anything for Crypticon, because Lance Henriksen is going to be there. And I don't care if it's miserable or doesn't go well. I am just going to go up and, and get my picture. And and if it if it isn't the, the meeting of him of my dreams, then, then at least I'll have yeah. them, rather than going, oh, I wish I had. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me of uh, something that happened at, at the um, Gallifrey One last mm-hmm. year. Uh, that I was like, I think the only person there at the time who, who understood what what her issue was. So mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's, it's fine, I get it. Um, but uh, I, I pointed out to our friend Liz, oh hey, look, that's Michelle Nichols at the, the table over oh, there. And, and, and she, yeah, and she was just like yeah. awestruck and. Her boyfriend Sean was there. I was like, you, you should go go say hello to her. And it was just, I, I can't. No. And, well, and, and I like, completely you, understand. Yeah, and he was like, I've seen you talk to celebrities. He's, he's like, this isn't this. This is Michelle fucking Nichols. Yeah, man. exactly. And I, I met her. I got pictures with her and Walter Kanyan. Um, and I swear to God, I have never been as deferential meeting someone oh, yeah. because she's fucking Michelle Nichols. Uh huh. And 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 I just you know. I held her hand for a second. I was like, and it was just an absolute pleasure meeting yeah. her. And she's like, that's nice, dear. Because, <laughs> I mean, she still wasn't that far off from having her stroke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, when I saw her. And so I just did not want to. But, yeah, that oh, was yeah. fucking hard. And, mm-hmm. I mean, and that is exactly the reason why I didn't go up to Tim Curry yeah. when he emceed a, a blues show in Minneapolis. Because I was like, I can't. Just yeah. can't do it. You know, and now it's now that he's in. You know, I mean, he's. I think he's definitely healthier after his stroke. But I mean, he's definitely. Yeah, that sounds paradoxical, but it's often the case. Yeah, he's he's healthier now, but I mean, it's like I've definitely seen yeah. that that you know he's not going to live forever. And yeah. 
So that makes me yeah. a little sadder that I didn't take that opportunity, but it's what it is. Yeah. I, I got to see him in person and feel my loins go in flames <laughs> just by being in proximity with flames him. Flames on the side of your loins? Yes. yes. <laughs> so our theme for tonight yes. is, is kind of, it covers a bit. And I, I, I have subcategories on my list. <laughs> we, I, I, what I had put in was um, doppelgangers, doubles, clones, and twins. Yeah, that's so. Uh, yeah, and um, I've just been, been calling it doubles and doppelgangers because that has that you know just, yeah, just concise Dungeons and Dragons kind of sound to it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to jump right into the shit that disappointed me. Okay. I have been holding off watching um, Gilden Hall's. Um, which I've been hoping I'm not butchering his last name. Uh, oh, uh, Jill Hall. Jill Hall. So Jill Hall's um, uh, enemy, and I had, had heard it held up as just this complex mind fuck. And oh, it's not. Oh, so you've seen it? I have seen it. Ugh. Like I just had to force my way through it, and and there are points where I was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like that's that's what it had going for it is mm-hmm. is you don't know if if uh, the the actor is just fucking with him to yeah. fuck with him, and I've I've heard takes on it that um, it's uh, and I am going to warn there's going to be a certain amount of spoiler. Um, I'm, we're going to try yeah. not too hard to we're actively to spoiler as minimally as, as we can. can. But the thing is, is in these things, there's a certain amount of. Uh, Covering the plot that is might be you know a twist yeah that there is a double um, well certainly enemy is if, if that's not the case because yeah, that, from the trailers he, he that sees, was clearly yeah, a he, sees, he sees a double um and I have seen stuff where there isn't a double where he the, the fact is 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 he's an asshole star who's fucking around on his wife it's two parts of his personality. Right. But I didn't fucking care. I just didn't. And it, there's points where it made me really uncomfortable where, you know, one double is fucking with the other, and, you know, and ugh, I just, they, you know, sometimes those, like, mindfuck, thoughtful ones, like, I, sometimes my I, I'll buy that ticket and I'm yeah. sold. And yeah. I just, I, there was something that this was lacking. I liked it, but I certainly wouldn't call it complex. Yeah. There's some elements that are not really directly explained in the movie. Mm-hmm, because it's an amazingly complex book. Yeah. That um, has a lot more going on that they didn't even really hint to. And when you were talking about last shots earlier, the last shot of this movie definitely... Uh, it, you know, I, I, was, I was fine with the movie, fine with the movie, get to the very last shot, and then I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? So, Enemy... Is it's interesting. It is, yeah. And um, uh, Jill Hall is really good in it. He is. It it just seems to be missing something. Yeah. That um, yeah, it just didn't work. I, I kind of wonder if, if that's partly intentional because I feel like these characters are missing something. Yeah. And I think that that's actually part of the point of it. Yeah. But he feel for his wife. His wife yeah. Just seems. Yeah. This poor goddamn wife. Uh, what's jumping out at you? Uh, well, I, like I said, I've got a, I've got a few things that I that I watched recently sure. for this. Uh, the, the the one the one I want to start with is um you know when I started researching I was like uh, 
hey, Google, show me horror movies about doppelgangers, at which point I found out there was a 1993 film called Doppelganger. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay then, what's that you about? You spoon-feed it to me. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay then. I read a little bit about it, and it was apparently at the point of um, Drew Barrymore's career where she was trying to shed her child star image. And part of the way you shed your child star image is by appearing in, 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 in trashy adult horror films. And I was like, Am I actually going to watch this? And the rest of my brain was like, oh, yeah. This oh, is, yeah, this you're is happening. Watch this. <laughs> this is happening. And so I, I went to Scarecrow because, you know, the great thing about Scarecrow is that, is that you know, you, you can write pretty much any movie you can, you can think of watching. The downside is you can write pretty much any movie that you happen to think of watching. It, it's, it's not real good. I mean, I'm sure that, that that's going to come as a surprise to you, but it, it, it's not real good. The, the male lead in it is, you know, a, a, a screenwriter who's trying to, break into the business, and you can tell that whatever screenwriter wrote this movie thought he was being really fucking clever, and when you listen to a lot of the dialogue, you can tell that he really thought he was being really fucking clever. Uh, one of the best things about it is his best friend, who I think we find out towards the end is, is an ex, we never quite got over him, but she's impatient, tired of his shit, and just generally wonderful, she, she, she's kind of great, but Drew Barrymore's character and her, you know, mysterious other self, not really especially fantastic. Now, 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 here's the thing, though. You know, if, if you out there are, are actually somehow going to watch this movie, it does pay off, kind of. Because, you know, you hit the climax of the movie, and just when you think, oh, okay, they're going with the most boring, banal, obvious explanation of what's been going on that they could possibly be going for. No, 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 no. You were just on the last rung uh, 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 before the, the roller coaster to Crazy Town drops, because then the actual climax of the film is fucking amazing, and I don't really, I don't really want to talk too much about what happens mm-hmm. in it, but there are effects in that scene, and, and it, there, there were no real effects throughout the entire rest of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. There were effects in that movie that are not, you know, quite in the league as like, you know, Hellraiser or. Um, an American Werewolf in London, but they were kind of reminiscent of that, okay, and, and it was that that was really visually imaginative, and I was like, wow, okay, I, whoever... Where was this, yeah, the rest of the movie? Yeah. yeah, and then from there, the actual ending kind of peters out into yeah, a couple of maybe... but there was sequences. a spark of brilliance yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, so, so it was worth watching for that. Uh, also, I will mention that there, there's a scene uh, relatively early on where uh, Drew Barrymore is taking a shower, and I think that's a dream scene. She's taking a shower, and, and the shower turns to blood, and she sort of erotically bathes herself in the blood. And I, I mention that because, you know, if you happen to be into that sort of thing, then, you, then you know, this is the movie for you. I'm not necessarily saying that I'm into that sort of thing, but neither you'll notice my denying it. Uh, so, I just in conclusion, I will say that that happens at the 23 minute and 40 second mark into the film. <laughs>
and uh, they're all available as a, a YouTube channel, and they're charming. My absolute favorite is Meat. Yeah. Which is just, it's humorous yeah, and but, funny yeah. and horrible and wonderful, and you should absolutely watch you it. You will laugh your ass off while thinking you're a bad person for laughing your ass off. It's basically how that And it's quite all right. But uh, yeah. this doppelganger, it, um, you know, it's not, it's five minutes, less than five. It's probably like yeah. five minutes, and uh, it, I found the ending had a little twist, which typically a full short like that is going to, sure. and I thought it was well done. So. Cool. I'll have to look for that. And, you know, obviously I'll have to put it in the, in the blog post for this episode. Yep. Um, the immediately after I, I actually watched all three of these movies in the past twenty four hours. Uh, immediately after um, I, I watched Doppelganger, I watched a, a, a much better movie, which is Black Swan, which was fucking amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I, I, I had been wanting to see it. Yeah, it is. I had been wanting to see it, and when I was doing my research, somebody called it Aronofsky's best film. And I was like, holy fuck, because, you know, the things I've seen from him before have been amazing, so. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think they're right. Yeah. And it's an amazing movie. Yeah. It was, it was really, it's, really good. But from what I gather, so I'm going to say this, but I, I think from what I've gathered of his movies, this is kind of the norm. Um, I saw it once. I was like, holy fucking shit. I'll never watch it again. I feel like I want to watch it at least one more time, yeah. and then I'm going to put it aside. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. The performances were great. From what I understand, it was like one of five horror movies ever to be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I don't know a lot else I want to say about it because, mm-hmm. you know, again, you'd be getting into spoiler territory. Um, but there's a lot of interesting doubling going on. Um, and all the performances are just fantastic. Um, I'm going to jump into Possession just sure, because we recently covered it. Um, and, and we recently tried to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> was that literally beautiful, though? It really was, yeah. I, I have that listed here under the category I, I, I've labeled inexplicable. And yes. that definitely, definitely qualifies. So, yeah, we we, watched it, we tried to watch it for Friday Night Horror Movie Nights, and that is not a movie to watch in a group. Yeah. Unless it's a very different group than the one we typically hang out with. <laughs> because we got, like, halfway through, and everybody was like, Fuck this movie, <laughs> but it's it's interesting and harrowing and um, interesting. I need to stop using that as a. But it is. It's harrowing. It's it's um, you, you really. It's one of those where they do use doubles in it, and you're left wondering, you know, why and yeah. and and questioning what you're seeing, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any part that you fun. can really take literally. No. Either, or if that's just yeah. purely operating on this. Yeah, and you really have to know what you're getting into with watching Possession, because it is, it is literally the director working through an absolutely gutting divorce. Yeah. And there's, a, you know, he does not build himself up. He does not build the mm-hmm. man up not, in, not any, in any kind way, and it is amazingly destructive and... Yeah. You know, it is it is like being stuck in the room with somebody having a knockdown, drag out, abusive, awful fight that yeah. you, and you can't leave. My favorite thing about it, though, is that I am always down for watching Sam Neill go batshit insane because he does, he it, does well. it so so well. Yeah, 
did you see anything else recently for this? Um, because if no. not, I have. Uh, no, I have okay. one more. So, so I watched, you know, one terrible movie and two really excellent ones because what I watched this morning was the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh my which I've never seen before. God, isn't it good though? It is so good. I, 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 like I said, I saw that this morning, so I saw that like I've 12 won. hours ago, and I still don't feel okay. No. You know? Yeah. All I, of the Body Snatchers, well, a lot of the Body Snatchers movies. Um, the, um, the only one I had seen was the 90s one. It's not real great. Okay, so I've seen the original. Yeah, I need to watch it. Which I loved. Now. And then 1978 with Sutherland is, is just fucking amazing. This is yet another example, like when we were talking about The Changeling, that there was a time when horror movies could have lead characters who were grown-ups. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. When they're not, it's not you know, tailored to a team. Right? And he, he's just so charming and personable and, and, and wonderful that it makes everything so much worse. Worse when you, you know, lose anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, no, it's just wonderful. Um... I found out one great piece of trivia, and I think I can phrase this in such a way that it's not spoilery yeah. at all. But those of you who have seen the ending will be like, fuck, really? Is the other actor in the end scene, mm-hmm. let's put it that way, did not know what the ending of the film was. No. So that reaction that you see is genuine. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty brilliant. Um, my, my one kind of disappointment with it at all is throughout most of the film, I was like, oh, I like the way they're doing this. It is really completely obvious just through his body language and and his actions that he's completely in love with this woman. But, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not saying it. They're not spelling it out. They, they have some faith in our intelligence. And by the end of the film, I'm like, oh, no, they, they, they don't. I, I thought they did, but that's gone now. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, that, that's literally my only complaint. Um, it was very, very good, and and was able to be slow and thoughtful and quiet in ways that, that modern movies just no. can't get away with. No. I mean, the, the end credits roll over silence, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and it's been it's been a good six years since I've seen it. You, so you should show it sometime. Too. I would oh, be I happy would, to watch it yeah. again. Yeah. One that I'm going to bring up, which is on Twins. That I keep talking about, I keep talking about, and I want to show is the other, uh, which is uh, Twin Boys, and it's one of those nineteen seventies where again the movies were a little bit slower, and uh, you you had a lot more of those auteurs that are coming out um, that were telling slightly different, you know, in that time frame that you saw the little girl who lives down the lane, yeah, and let's scare Jessica to death. And, and things in that vein, and um, the uh, um, others isn't really uh, the other isn't really talked about that much, and it's kind of more almost folktale oh, in sure. essence. Okay. Um, but I just absolutely loved it, and I keep threatening to show it to you because you love like good twin, bad twin. I, I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> One that I'm going to bring up purely to acknowledge and then dismiss. Is uh, well because it's become something of a, um, a of a don't read the Latin tradition to say oh this reminds me of The Shining but we've covered The Shining extensively and Jen doesn't really like it anyway so that's what I'm going to do now is if we're talking about twins we have to mention the, the iconic Grady. image of the Grady twins. twins. 
And something I found out about that today <laughs> is the casting call did not call for twins. They just two little girls. And and twins came in and they're like, oh, oh, that's way creepier. I didn't think they were twins because they don't look like... What, well, they, but they look close enough no. that they oh, have, that they yeah. changed the characters to be twins. twins. So, I know, that was just... Yeah. See, the thing that's so hard for me is I get frustrated with the story of The Shining because mm-hmm. I think it deserves better. But the iconic images of The Shining are amazing. Yeah. And and I love the original book. So Sure. And that doesn't make me... I've probably seen the movie like half a dozen times before I finally read the book. And I think that... Oh I, my god, I read the book as a teenager. And it was... I, I know I've covered this before, but it was... There's a scene where he's going through the, um, the topiary garden. And they're all spread out. And he can't possibly keep his eye on all the different animals and every time he looks to a different one one gets closer and appears slightly more in in an attack and it made me so stressed out I literally had to like turn on additional lights I had to look under my bed and I had to look out my window because it made me feel so unsafe yeah so anyway did you ever see the miniseries I've seen bits and pieces of it did you see any of the parts with the topiary animals I remember it was horrible it was horrible (laughs) And, and, and what's really frustrating is that they decide, oh, yeah, we want to use CGI to show the topiary animals actually moving. Yeah. But and, you're not but supposed to be able to see them move. Exactly. The way you just described it, they should have shot it yeah. the way Doctor Who shot Blink. Oh, God. That, that's perfect. That's exactly what you just described, right? Yep. So I'm just going to bring up really quickly, but I don't remember the double or doppelganger, but I kept seeing Perfect Blue mentioned. And when I saw Perfect Blue, the anime... Mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was really compelling. Yeah. And and enjoying it, but it's been probably fifteen years since I've seen yeah, it. Yeah. So and I remember so literally weird. nothing else about it. Um I don't remember well enough to know if it really is a doppelganger or if it's just yeah. another aspect of her personality. Sure. But I, I do remember that the uh, the setup of the plot is you've got this T V slash movie star who finds this blog online that's supposed to be, you know, her diary, although, you know, she's not the one writing it. It's an obvious fake, except everything they're saying in it is true. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where it goes from there. Something that, that, I, that I read is that uh, even though uh, Aronofsky denies that that was an influence on Black Swan, he did buy the remake rights to Perfect Blue, <laughs> which kind of at least indicates that he was aware enough of the similarities to want to sort of cover himself legally, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I really like it. You and I and the other ten people that saw Perfect Blue, so... Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it, it, it's fairly well known in, oh. in the anime community, well, like, yeah. it, okay. at least, which I am, like, peripherally aware <laughs> of. So one that I remember liking back when, mm-hmm. uh, but I tried to watch it recently and uh, was really disappointed, was The Dark Half. Oh, really? Oh no! I saw it years ago, and have been wanting to rewatch it. So hey, maybe if we watch it together. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So it's in that doubles. There, there, there is there is a line from it. Well, it, it's doubles and kind of twins in yeah. a way, sort of. <laughs> that, you know, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. There is a line from it though that I still quote to this day, which is, "You are disturbing my peaceful frame of mind." Because oh, it's one of the most wonderfully just threatening lines ever. That's what I was reminded of the first time I saw Lilo and Stitch. And there's a line that, that, that Cobra Bubbles has in it about, Thus far, you, you have been sheltered within the harbor of my patience. I, I, 
It's a very similar kind of sentiment. <laughs> One that I really wanted to see, and I remember seeing years ago, um, but long enough where I absolutely don't remember it at all, is Sisters. Which is, uh, isn't that the Palmer? Uh, it is the Palmer. I, I have not seen it. It's, it's Margot Kidder, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I was reading about, I want to see it. I had it on VHS, and I don't know if I have it on any format. But De Palma has done a ton of stuff that involves doubles and doubles doppelgangers, and including, you know, for example, body double. Yeah. Uh, so this was was clearly an obsession that, too. Isn't yeah, that yeah, that is also De Palma. So this is an idea that he kept yeah. coming back to. Um, that was the thing. I had body double on Laserdisc. Awesome. <laughs> that was the thing with, 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 with Doppelganger, with the Drew Barrymore film, was I really felt like it desperately wanted to be a Brian De Palma film when I grew up. <laughs> and as long as I'm mentioning twins, I, I, I have to mention one that really technically doesn't count, because the twins Ooh. aren't even remotely identical. Okay. But I love Basket Case. Uh, <laughs> I, I touched upon it and then let put it aside, because yeah. it didn't. It doesn't really like count. It, but, but who cares? But since we're talking about... Fucking I'm going podcast. We can yes. talk about Basket Case if we want to. We just talked about Lilo and Stitch. I think we can, yeah, probably say we're talking about Basket <laughs> The effects of it are so terrible that they're just immediately wonderfully charming. <laughs> <laughs> I barely remember. I have a feeling I watched Basket Case somewhere in my teens. Mm-hmm. And I think I was unprepared. <laughs> And so I don't really remember anything. I think it was probably one of those that I remember watching in some form of Slack.org. Uh, that seemed, yeah. That seems apropos for Completely that. apropos. Um, I, I was prepared going into it, and yet that's kind of the reaction I remember having to it. So um, I'm going to throw out a quick vein of doubles and mm-hmm. doppelgangers um, is the time travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about coherence. Let's talk about coherence, because I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's another one that I kind of hate to bring it up because that's a spoiler in and of itself. But for me, when I was first watching it, you know, I knew there was something kind of time traveling involved in it. And yeah. as soon as I saw Nicholas Brendan, You're like, I yes! Like, I know where this is going, <laughs> going because yeah. Nick, Nicholas Brendan has an identical twin brother. And so I was like, oh, I see what you're going to do here. And I was totally right. I see some foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was really interesting, yeah. especially the way that they were just pitted against each other. Just, oh. just all, all the, the doubles yeah. that I had to So, and I'm just going to throw out, probably with not saying too much about them, but just because they're in the same type of vein, is Primer. Primer. Mm-hmm. And Triangle. Um, I, I, since we bring it up, I want to say very quickly, fuck Primer. Um, Primer really thinks an awful lot of it. It really does, yes. It, it thinks it's awfully fucking clever, and... I'm glad I saw it once, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, likewise. But I'll never but, watch it again. But it, it is just being a, a, intentionally obscure in ways yeah. I don't think it needs to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, it was made by, by a few guys for, like, five bucks or something like yeah. that, so I have to, you know, give it That's props as far as, yeah. as far as the accomplishment, but... But if you want to watch another super fucking cheap horror movie that um, respects its audience a little bit more, go out and watch fucking Battery. Yeah, that one's fantastic. Um, the last one I have on my list under time travel is uh, Triangle. Oh yeah, so it's, it's, it's been bad. Did you say that? I did. When? When I was hoarse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to time travel back to that moment. I said so, Coherence and I said Primer and Triangle. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't hear that at all. 
It sounded like a squeaking hand. It's like she's trying to say something. I see her lips moving, but no words. It's like leaning over the spider web and hearing, help me, help me. <laughs> My head is tired now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. was really, really good. And, and really? I, I thought you didn't like it. I respect it. I, so this is, remember when we talked about it? Remember we talked about it around the time we talked about it at Crypticon, where I, I put it down a little bit. Yeah. Because I had seen some really, really amazing indie horror at that time. Right, that's right. I am disappointed in the ending. But all in all, I think it's an amazingly well done movie. I love the ending. I, I mean, mean, I mean, no. it's 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 horrible, but yeah. it it was just so clever and made yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um, I watched bits and pieces of it, um, not the whole thing, and I came a lot came away with a lot more respect for it. Good. Um. It's you know, like I said, I I saw a lot of really amazingly well done things at the time. And it's never going to be a favorite of mine, but I'm not sure. going to sit there and say that it's not amazing and well done. So, I don't know if I'd call it a favorite or not. I might, because I, I love time travel shenanigans, yeah. and, and it does a pretty damn good job of that. So, yeah, try it. Check that one out. Another little uh, variant that I wanted to bring up, with, and, I, and I remember seeing this more often, but I could only remember two movies, is that my love was reborn, and you're virtually identical mm-hmm. to her. Which you have a uh, Ron Stoker's Dracula, yeah. and you have Candyman. Yes. Oh, and Fright Night. Oh yeah, that's because right. that's the reason why. And then yeah. he has the big painting, right, where she looks identical. So uh, you mentioned that when we were talking about this idea the other day that that was a category that you wanted to look into, and I went kind of broader from there, and I found a bunch of stuff that where just uh, not necessarily the the lost love reunited aspect, but definitely the curiously identical ancestors trope. Sure. Um, For which, you know, the one we really have to mention is the TV series Dark Shadows, because that had, like, entire generations of characters. (laughs) No, I'm not exaggerating, you know. I'm not exaggerating, I'm not joking. It had entire generations of characters that were played by the same set of actors. Um, I never watched the original. And I haven't either, but that's something I've read about it. I've, went, I've watched, but I watched uh, the Ben Cross 1990s version that still had Barbara Steele in it, didn't it? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, but anyway. I watched the Tim Burton version. As did I. I actually liked it better than I thought it was going to, but <laughs> so that... Does, so does Jillian, so... That might be uh, an indicator of how low I'd set my bar. No, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I can genuinely recommend it. Yeah. There were certainly... Sequences in it that made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, the, the main one that I can think of is, is when you've got Barnabas Collins out talking to these these guys around around a, a, a beach fire and you know like unburdening his problems to them and getting advice from them. I was like, okay, cool, you know, thank you for your advice. I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill each and every one of you, you know. And then, but when he proceeds to do that, but you know, he was, he was you know, <laughs> um, transfers. It, it, it falls under both time travel and curiously identical. Uh, ancestry because uh, that that was the premise of it was that you could travel back in time into the body of an ancestor and said ancestor was always played by the same actor. Uh, this one I don't know whether to count or not because it's not happening within the movie but within the franchise. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Ginger Snaps Back, the mm-hmm. beginning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Christmas. Well, and I thought about bringing up um, Rest of Evil, but you don't see the clones until uh, yeah. Yeah. further on True. in the series True. when the, the, the um, movies have seriously degraded. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite examples of this trope is, is, is a very, you know, minor throwaway moment, but it was one of the most memorable things in the movie for me. And that's A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, when we see Freddy's uh, Who's played by Robert, Robert England. England. Yeah. That's amazing. There are... A... I've got one last one in this category, sure. and, and, and it also kind of branches out in other directions. Uh, did you ever see the... I know it's British, I want to say it's BBC, uh, TV miniseries Jekyll? No. It's fantastic. Okay. It, 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 it's written by Stephen Moffat, no. uh, the, the guy who's currently yeah. show on it for Doctor Who. You've got a character in there who's going through a, a Jekyll and Hyde scenario, and one of the weirder turns the plot makes is, is to reveal that, oh no, Dr. Jekyll, yeah, sure, the novel exists, you know, in, in our storyline, but it was actually based on a real person, and you're his descendant, and you look exactly like him. And I'm like, what, where, what does any of this have to do with anything? Why are they even doing this? But, but it's there. Um, but other than that... Um, the actual just, just standard Jekyll and Hyde part of it is really just fantastically well done and, and, and done in a really modern way that's very interesting because the two halves of the personality like leave each other voicemail and videotaped messages. And, yeah, and so it, it, it was pretty fantastic. And, and the actor does an amazing job. They, and they gave him, for, for him being Hyde, they gave him contacts that are slightly darker than his regular eyes. Ooh, but that and, could be and, really... and slightly sharper teeth, and that's it. Uh-huh. But he is absolutely terrifyingly different. Uh-huh. It, it's definitely worth watching and does some really interesting shit. Uh, one of the other things that I, I thought of, I didn't even see it in a, in a list or anything, but is an Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. Get the Ash clones. Um, well, that's our Evil Dead, too. We, we first get uh, Bad Ash. Yes. And now that I've said that out loud, I see the joke. <laughs> huh, okay. Uh, um, I am going to straight up say that there are a whole bunch of clone movies we're not going to mention because they are just—they are just completely a spoiler for the whole movie. Yeah. So, if there is a doppelganger slash clone movie where you're like, "Oh my fucking god, why didn't they mention this?" And you don't realize it's a clone till the end of the movie, and it is the crux of the entire story. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're not going to mention that. Well, like for we example, know, I can't decide if I can talk about this one in a non-spoiler way. No, no. Okay, take that list. off the list. It's on my list too. So yeah. we've we've already agreed that there's two. Yeah. Um, that we can't mention. Everything um, else on one here, that has, my list still I feel one that good David about. Bowie makes an appearance in. Yeah, and uh, narrows it down pretty considerably. Sadly, I always wish he had done more acting because yeah. he was just a, such a presence whenever he yeah. did. And another one that doesn't take place on Earth. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know what we're talking about. If you know what we're talking about, yeah, they're yeah. fucking great. You should watch them, or you already have because you got yeah. our references. Yeah, basically. But you know, but you won't go out and watch them if you haven't seen them because you don't. Know what the fuck dark. we're talking about. This is the best podcast ever. I, I love know. our podcast so much. It's, it's incredibly <laughs> useful. What are we um, at now? Right. Like episode wise? Yeah. Uh, this is episode number forty one. We fucking rock. Yep. Uh, next one we have to talk about the meaning of life, the universe, and everything, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a couple more I've got back under the under the twins category that 
I, I think both of these are, are fucking excellent, and that's uh, Dead Ringers. I uh, still have never seen still that. Never I meant to watch the thing that. is, it's, it's a lot of these movies are really dark. Yeah, this is this this goes very dark. So is, so yeah. it's, I was I, not a for, for for a split second. I thought, oh, we should watch this on Friday, and the rest of my brain was like, the fuck, we should. So yeah, that's no. a movie that we'll watch when we hang yeah. out together. Yeah, it, it it's pretty bleak, but it's really good. And Jeremy Irons is, is amazing in it as the you two know brothers. Which, yeah, and the fact that you know which twin he is by... And, and, and I, I found out today one of the little things that he did that I'm sure kind of helped subconsciously clue me into, you know, yeah. his body language. Um, one of the twins rests his weight on the heels of his feet, and the other one rests his weight on the balls of his feet. Wow, that's commitment. Yeah. Um, but but it helped him remember in a scene, you know, yeah. I'm physically doing the thing, therefore yeah. I'm playing yeah. this twin. Because especially towards the end of the film, though, it gets a little fuzzier as yeah. to who is actually who. The other thing that, that was really remarkable about it at the time, you know, these days it's easy to pull this shit off with, 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 with CGI, mm-hmm. but um, at the time, the, the effects that they used to have both of them on the screen in, in like, moving shots was just groundbreaking. You know, you've never seen anything like that when this first came out. And I saw it not too long after its release, so I was just blown away just by the technical aspect of, yes, this is utterly convincing. So I don't really have much voice left, and I don't have any, anything else on my list. You don't list. have anything else on your list? Okay, well, I, 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 will, I will go through mine. Oh, I do want to mention... <coughs> I, what I, what I also, I do want to mention is Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. So here we go. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Moving on. <laughs> I saw a couple people put it on their list, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Okay, yeah, we'll appreciate. That yes, question. the other twins movie that I thought was just really insanely excellent. I don't remember for sure, but I think it may have been my number one movie for last year's Good Night, Mommy. Mommy was yeah, and I started watching it. Um, I still don't know if you should. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, it's a really it's, hard watch. Yeah, and. Uh, it's like even the first 10, 15 minutes of it are beautiful. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's one that I think I can talk about in non-spoilery ways, actually. Uh, because, you know, part of this you find out relatively early on. Mm-hmm. My favorite Hitchcock film is Vertigo. Vertigo, yeah. And Jimmy Stewart plays this guy who falls in love with this woman who's become obsessed with this painting of someone who looks exactly like her, who lived, you know, however many hundred years ago. And that's the setup of it, and then things get more and more complex from there. And it's not one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, it's my favorite thing I've ever seen um, Jimmy Stewart do, because his his performance is just so... Uh, have you ever seen Anatomy of a Murder? I still haven't. It's really Yeah, really you good. can see that. It is um, pretty much that crossover movie, but between his youthful movies and his older movies, cool. where uh, it's kind of that bridge movie, I think. Yeah, and, I see uh, that. It's, it's really amazing. And um, oh. I've got the Albert Hitchcock movie, so, right. so I could show yeah. Vertigo. I, I did not love Vertigo. To me, my favorite is is um, the one that's considered Hitchcock's favorite, but I love Rebecca. Rebecca was fantastic. And is it Out of the Past? Uh, Shadow of a Doubt. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, which is, it's just amazing. Yeah, I'd love to see and, that. and it's aged really well, too. Cool. I'm less of a fan of Hitchcock yeah. than 
I, I just don't love his movies. The way I haven't seen enough of them to really mm-hmm. call myself a fan in yeah. good conscience, but there yeah. are some that I love. Um, oh, one that I forgot to mention back when I was talking about Mysteriously Identical Ancestors is that's entirely what Hellraiser Bloodline is about. Yeah. You know, where you see different yeah. generations of this one person who looks identical from yeah. generation to generation. And it's if you're watching the Hellraiser series and you hit that one, stop there. But I didn't love it, but it's it's the last halfway decent one. Uh, the Hallow has the Changeling Child. Oh, the Hallow is wonderful. Yeah. I'm actually going to show that. The, the wonderful thing about that aspect of the plot is, is that... You don't the know guy, if they're right. Yeah, the guy who's saying that this is a changeling has been compromised in a way that I'm not going to go into. But you you're know. really watching it thinking, I don't know whether to believe yeah. him or not. You, yeah. you just it, it, it was absolute 50-50 in my brain yeah. while I was watching it. And, and not many films managed to pull that off. Uh, it follows, definitely deals with doubles. Oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah, because you'll see somebody walking towards you, and then yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I still like. There I were a couple points where you know we thought it was, was was a friend of hers. Yeah, until and, all of a sudden you know, you, they turn a little bit, you see that they're sitting right next to them. Yeah, because yeah. um, it could be someone you know, or it could just be an absolute stranger. Ah. One that there there was a kind of film that I was looking for, and I can only find one example, and it was one that. that I didn't really enjoy, and that's mirrors. I thought, sure, I'd be able to find more examples of movies where, where people's reflections were evil. And, and, there but is, that's the only one I can come up with. There is a, a reel on, on YouTube that I've seen shared where it's um, mirror jump scares, where it's just oh, a yeah. bunch of bunch of bits from movies where they have that moment where something in the mirror goes wrong. The first time I saw somebody do that movie when I was a little kid, I thought it was the cleverest fucking yeah. thing I had ever seen. You know, the one where the kid looks away, except yeah. the one kid is just staring at them and they never move. You're like, that's not okay. It's just something about that. that well, there, there was some, some. There was a scene that did that really, really well in, in Black Swan of just her, her reflections, and, and you're seeing multiple reflections at once, and they're just getting out of sync. Um, There's just something yeah. about stuff in mirrors that messes me up, especially if it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And so, yeah, literally, I was, like, so uncomfortable. And, you know, most of them I had seen the movie that they were referencing, yeah. and then some I hadn't, but it was just it was a fun little genre. Um All I have left is, is, is a couple of television things. Uh, one, I want to know if you want to talk at all about Orphan Black. I did. have not watched it. Oh, I thought you had. Nope. I haven't watched it either, but apparently that's a thing. And, and people and, love it. And I hear there's clones in it. Yeah. And shit. Yo. Yo. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't you say it made you really uncomfortable? It did. It? Yeah. It made yeah. You really anxious. Um, I, I did I it for the first the twenty minutes. Yeah, I probably have the same problem. And the last thing I wanted to mention isn't a horror movie at all, but but there's certainly moments in it that are that are really really scary, and it's one of my favorite things with a double in it, and that's uh, my favorite episode of the old British series, The Prisoner. Yeah. The setup of The Prisoner is that this. Uh, this spy suddenly resigns and, you know, goes to head off on holiday, but before he can get there, he, he's he's kidnapped, drugged, and brought to this place called The Village, where he can do pretty much anything he likes, except ever leave. Yeah. And the, the one question that they're constantly trying to get out of him is, why did you resign? 
Um, and you never find out, you know, who the powers that run the village are. If it's his own side, if it's the Russians, if it's fucking aliens, you know, we, we, we do not know. And the only name we ever learn for the lead character is number six, because everyone in the village is, is just given a number and mm-hmm. gives them a name. And an episode called The Schizoid Man starts off with him being brought before number two, who is the only, you know, visible face of authority we've ever seen in the village, who's immediately addressing him as, oh, hello, number 12, you know, I'm glad you've arrived, it's good to see you. This is your mission. You know, you okay. happen to look exactly like number six, and so you're going to drive him crazy. But it is number six that they're saying all this to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first he's kind of like, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing here. You know, just immediately is not falling for it. And then they do a few things to convince him that maybe he's not himself. Huh. Maybe he is this other guy, this number 12. And and it plays out in a very interesting way. Um, it's it's a great pair of performances from Patrick McGowan. It's it, it's a toss up for me. Uh, the, the, if somebody wanted to see one episode of that show, that's one of the one of the two that I would uh, definitely recommend. The other one would be The Chimes of Big Ben because it's more of a, a, a standard episode that gives you a better idea of what the show is like. But it's also just really good. But my personal favorite, The Skid Sword Man. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all we got. Someday, someday I'll neither be coughing or, or song sounding quite as Lauren McCullough. <laughs> you, you, you did way better voice-wise than yeah, it, well, I thought it, you were going to do. now. <laughs> okay, so. I'm definitely ready to be done. So, so we're I'm, done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Jennifer Lovely. I can be found at jendalove.com. I'm Michael Montour. As mentioned before, I can be found at Bloodletters. Uh, and you can also come find me at uh, Crypticon if you're going to be in Seattle for that convention. Me too. I have my panel schedule here. Oh. I'll mention that real quickly. I just saw this for the first time today, so I'm not even really familiar with it yet. But I've got it here. Get, I need to get fancy enough to where I can be on panel. Yes. I've definitely. got things to say. You do? Sometimes. Oh, uh, my voice like hurts. Like socks. Fuck <laughs> Haosu. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> I have other things to say other than that. <laughs> I should just have that man for you as a t-shirt. <laughs> Fuck how soon. Yeah. Uh, first place you can find me at Krypton is the uh, Pacific Northwest Friendship Society gathering thing. It's not really a panel, but we're calling it that. Uh, Friday at 4 p.m. Friday at 6 p.m. I will be on the Best Horror of 2015 panel. Uh, Friday at 8 p.m. We'll be talking about Horror's Gatekeepers. In, in other words, people who are trying to tell you, oh, you're not a real fan unless, and, and similar such assholes. And, yeah. Saturday at 7 p.m., uh, I'm doing a panel on found footage, and I'm actually the moderator of that panel. Uh, Saturday at 11 p.m., I'm really looking forward to this one, but I'm wondering how many people are going to show up on Saturday at 11 p.m. and not be at the dance or a party. Uh, and that's great double features. And then finally... On Sunday, there is an Alec Gillis and Kenneth Calhoun interview. And again, I don't know how the interview panel worked at all, but uh, uh, I guess you'll find out why I did. No, no, actually, I, I, I sent an email to the organizer saying, okay, cool, how does this work? Am, am, what am I am supposed I to be doing? interviewing them? Yeah, I, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Or do I just, just sit there and, and, and nod as if I'm really impressed while they talk? Because I, I, I can do, do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I can be counted on for this. So, yeah, if you're in the Seattle area or you're planning on getting in the Seattle area, we'll, we will see you at Krypton. Um, and if not, you will hear from us in two weeks. Yeah. Good night.